So I think I reached a milestone in terms of hair. My my bangs are officially long enough to be incorporated into my bun. So I'm nice. Let it down and then tie it up. On my one bang. But I don't know. I did my hairline. I did senior pictures on Monday. So I did my hairline and everything. Yeah, I don't know. This is kinda I'm kinda chilling where I'm at right now in terms of appearance. I don't really I don't really have any qualms. You take your senior pictures, wow. I remember taking my senior pictures for high school. Bro, college goes so quick, that's kinda wild. Yeah. But nah, I was having I don't know, because I was you know, the email said, okay, business attire. And I honestly was just not feeling it. I was like, I haven't had to dress up for white America in so long. I wasn't, I didn't want to start doing it again. So that, but then I have um, this like shirt with like the Haitian national flower on it. It's a nice button down. I was like, I can make this into a moment, you know, for me where I feel comfortable, but also fit the thing. So I ended up wearing that. But then, you know, I started to think about how, you know, the commodification of, you know, Black heritage and Black culture, where there's definitely specific notes and things that, you know, the mainstream media and the mainstream culture is like, oh my God, that's so, that looks aesthetically pleasing. We like that version of being Black. And Mm -hmm. there's definitely, and that's just like such like not the reality of the you know, the whole scope of what it's like to be back or what it's like to, you know, how we present ourselves as Black people. Because I was like, yeah, you know, I scrolled through Instagram and of course I see like the matching sets of like, you know, traditional dresses with all these prints and, you know, white corporate America really loves, you know, latching onto that and being like, oh my God, we love this. This is so pretty. We like Black people. But it's like, that is such like a, such like, a small portion (laughs) of like how black people dress on a day-to-day basis or how they look that it's like I then I was like well like I'm kind of fitting into that because then I was walking the thing was at seven like right around 7-eleven and I got like you know like where my house is I got like so many random people just complimenting me or like oh my god you look so nice where is this from oh you're Haitian that's crazy like literally just walking by CTB and I was like I do not like being a product, but I also didn't like, if I was to show up in a regular button down in pants, I wouldn't feel comfortable just existing. So it's like a weird back and forth between, you know, being proudly black and showing off what, you know, my heritage and who I am, but also not falling into this trope of being like the acceptable black person for, you know, general society where, you know, they want, I'm the black person that, you know, they want to, you know, that they accept and they want to know more about because, you know, I'm aesthetically pleasing and I'm not, I fit into their sort of beauty standards more so than other black people. And I'm just like, I don't really feel that either. But I also don't really know what to do about it because it's like, it's not really my decision. Yeah, it's a catch-22. That's racism. It's something you can't get out of. So, fuck it. You might as well just go forward. And it is what it is. I be feeling so fucking dejected sometimes when I think about that shit. Just, like, the way it's, like, you know how it's, like, you can't do anything right. Like, yeah. either you do one thing and fall into this trap, or you do this thing and fall into that trap. Or you just, like, pull back and remove yourself, but then you're not in it. Sucks. So, that's life, man. Life has been so fucking just intense lately. I recorded a, I was like working on music last night. Um, today I was, you know, in the art squad right now, they have those seesaws. Oh, I didn't know. I was sitting on one of them today. They're pretty cool. They're like, you can put two people on them or one person can sit on it. So if you sit on it, you know, you ever see someone do some shit that's like, kind of like clearly a little bit dirty and then they you're just like why aren't you noticing that like people like for instance like when I laid down on the seesaw I like pulled up my shirt so my head didn't touch it because very obviously to me people have been putting their feet on this thing all day 
I'm watching people rest their fucking heads against this, and I'm just like, you really don't know whose dirty shoes, whose raw feet. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm overthinking shit. And I wasn't that pressed. I'm going to wash my hair tonight anyway, I think. But... Mm. Oh man! Do you know what they were installed for? They're not really installations. They're mostly just like um, the seesaws are just like these wooden two people seesaws. There's four of them out there, and they look like you can move them around. I think they're just there to make us happy. The two people on each end of them are six feet apart, which is kind of funny. Like it's like very funny that like they think that by doing that they're like preventing COVID. When in reality, it's like you are legitimately just bringing people to these like wooden things they can cough on and touch, mm. and there's like no hand sanitizer in the near vicinity, but you think it's cute because you put a little six feet apart sign on it. <laughs> like that shit is so head ass to me. Oh no, it kind of you know like the arts quad they do a lot of. I don't know what major, to be honest, but they do a lot of, like, random stuff and studies on... You can be doing that shit. That's kind of crazy. ...behavior and, like, the trees and the squirrels and whatever. So it kind of sounds like it might be something along those lines. I feel I feel like I said <laughs> what major as if it's not my major that does that. But, you know, like, <laughs> it seems like... <laughs> I mean, in conjunction with, like, you know, DEA or something, or, like, I don't know, some sort, maybe, like, landscape architecture, literally all the stuff that I do. Landscape architecture, architecture, urban planning, but... For having a major is so funny, because, like, by the end of college, if you're not, like, absolutely passionate about it, you're kind of left to, like, feel a certain way. Like, oh, what did I do wrong? Mm, I don't know. I like ILR, but, like, I don't think that, like, anyone should have to love their major. I think you should like it, but, like, it's, like, because, you know, it's, like, the whole thing is, like, well, you need to go to college. So, it's, like, okay, well, you're telling me I need to go to college. Well, what if there's, like, what if I, like, don't necessarily, like, totally vibe with college? College is cool. I like college. I'm enjoying college. I'm I'm really trying not to take it for granted. I think I've done some pretty cool shit. Yeah. College is is so wild that we're just like in this shit, and it's gonna be over real fucking soon. And I'm gonna have to figure out that shit. It'll be kind of nice once to graduate though, because like anything like that that's like cl- meant to be climatic in some way, like milestones really, where it's like oh, well, graduating college is a great milestone. It's a thing to get excited and proud about. But it's like, that's only true if you succeed afterwards. If you fail afterwards, then it's like the worst thing, right? So, I don't know. Figuring that out. Uh, I guess the thing with ILR is that it's like, it's so Cornell specific where it's like, it's like that program where it's like, oh, this is the only program that does this specific thing and combines these specific things together. And I don't know, the whole contract college versus land grant college thing where it's like New York, like they made, they made Cornell have schools that were going to, you know, feed into our state economy, like, you know, in 1863 or whatever, but it's like, are those still relevant to what New York state needs today where it's like, Mm. I don't know because it's like ILR of course there's still like there's still like you know office buildings (laughs) like we still need people who do that but it's like what would be the new schools if like New York was like like where's New York's economy now what like what do they really need because like looking at like human ecology I mean there's a lot of stuff there that's still relevant and it's like ILR is still relevant, but it's like, if is this going to be a forever thing? Is there going to be a time where we get past the need for, or we have like a surplus of people who are just like, I want to be industrial organizational psychologists. And then they're just like, oh, well, <laughs> what do we do no, now? No, but no, that, that don't even really matter to me for real. Because the thing is, the reason why I vibe with ILR is because since it's one of one, 
No one really knows what it is, which means it can be anything. I can tell anyone what it is, and they have no choice but to believe me. I mean, no one has no fucking idea. That is true. I mean, with it, I mean, that is legitimately true. But like, it has, and that's kind of a dub, bro. It's like, wait, 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 but not. Imagine you got a degree in like psychology, and like, you know, you realize you don't necessarily love it. You're trying to get into other shit, like. Tell me a better one-size-fits-all degree than ILR. Mm. <laughs> Urban studies. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, look, wait, okay, wait, wait. We can, have a, we can have a discussion about this. You're limited to the scope of things that are relevant to either labor, relations, or, in, or industry. That's not even true, though, because you keep my resume... I do, but like, if you're just going on ILR alone, you can't say that ILR you're gonna you like learn how to build motorcycles, you know. But that's not fucking trade school. Like, it's not the that's not like, even the same thing. That was a that was an extreme example, but like industrial and labor relations, people aren't like com like they understand something about that off the bat because it's industrial and like it's very specific in the way it's written. Urban studies. I can say I study buildings. I can say I study people. I can say I study transportation. Uh, I can say, I can say right. I study newspapers. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's pretty versatile. I can say I anything that's relevant to cities, basically, which is what I'm trying to do now with this whole politics thing. But I have been thinking about that. I don't know. Because, like, I'm applying to poli sci stuff and also geography stuff, but I'm also like, my, I definitely need to go into media somehow. Like, and I kind of get in that with like poli sci where I'm talking about like political apathy and news media, but it's like, there needs to be a heavy media focus. Cause it's like, that's where, that's where I'm my best. That's where, that's where I have experience, like life experience in. So it's like, and then it's like geography is so cool. Like I always love geography in school, but like, am I trying to be in school for the rest of my life, or am I trying to, you know, uh. do things that I was interested in when I wasn't working on school? Because I was always watching TV. I was always, I was always somehow consuming media and thinking about how it affected me. But at what point do you think humans become serious naturally? Like when did adulthood become a thing because as a social norm like i don't know we do sort of envision adulthood and growing up as this very tangible thing that we all have to do because when you look at adults and when you look at kids they just act completely fucking different and it's it's different than just the the developmental state you know it's not just that like there is like a level of effort that you're supposed to put into growing up but, like, what's wrong with just aging as the person, as the same person you are, and trying to improve from there? Now, I understand, this is where I expect you to be like, well, you know, Alex, that is growing up. But, like, that's not really how they present it to you. Like, you're supposed to, growing up and respectability politics go, like, hand-to-hand, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know. I think we reached, there was a point probably i mean probably very on in human development where we're like where they needed structure because you know i think psychology has it right because they give you long ranges they're like you know you know in terms of you know like neurochemicals and all that shit men develop from the eight from this age to like fucking 27 or like women develop from this age to 23 and it's like those are the parameters are actually becoming adults but it's like those are so wide and so different and so nuanced that they were like, no, we need to have like, av- like take the average, put a marker there. And that's what we're going to go as a societal norm because they couldn't deal with like, if one person, cause you know, there'd be crazy people that be, you know, they get that testosterone early or people that, you know, start their periods when they're nine and they're fully developed by the time they're 15. And, you know, they're just like, if we, if we have people like that and then people who, there's some people that don't get like don't reach maturity like fully go through purity until they're like in their early 20s like we couldn't deal with having a system where there was two people that could exist like that 
without having some sort of, you know, organizational structure that's like, okay, even if you are like this, you have to wait until you reach this age or this milestone until we start granting you, you know, responsibilities and start telling you to do things. And then for the people that, you know, develop after that, they normally end up, you know, in a childlike state or in some sort of care sort of situation until they reach that point where they are, you know, able to, like, there's less people that develop after those, the societal standard or whatever, but it's like those people normally, they have support until they reach that sort of, you know, where they're able to take on those things. Me personally, I don't really, lately, I don't really care that much. I think that in terms of my life, I grew up because of anxiety and because of the thought that I thought I needed to be grown up because I just, when I was a kid, it was, oh, I was just always treated like a grown up. So I was like, oh, I guess I have to hurry this shit up. But now I'm at a point, what happens with that is you get to a point where you're actually a grown up and you're like, I've been doing this for six years. Why the fuck do, why the fuck is everyone stressed about this? Why is everyone so like, oh my God, this is so hard. And then I start reverting back to like, maybe this is a time where I can live out my childhood for the last couple years where I could just, you know, do all the things I didn't get to do while everyone else was doing, while everyone else was just like, you know, being a kid, I was so busy being an adult. So now that everyone else is an adult, I'm like, oh, let me be a little more sporadic. Let me go be a little, you know, mixy. Let me not be this, you know, stoic, mature Mm -hmm. individual because I never got you're supposed to go through that immature stage to get to this stage in life. You can't just like put on a cloak and say that you're there without going through those sort of developmental stages. And yeah, that's why I've been on lately. I've been, I've been fucking reckless. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. That's just, uh, you seem to be enjoying it. I mean, no, but <laughs> it's definitely needed. I mean, the grass is always greener though. And I think that like, the point is to reach a level of content with what you have. Like earlier when I asked you, like, Nathan, is this life? I guess so. Cause like, you know, the past is pretty useless. It practically doesn't exist. You know, the only reason it does is cause it ha- happened. Like all we really have is what's taking place. So, you know, you could try to do things that you enjoy, but like, I think that this is, I think this is it, you know? I don't know how much more, I guess there is more to life. I think, I mean, there's something, you know? You know, I mean, not really for you. I feel like you already, I mean, yeah, I guess you already experienced this, but like, we are, you know, just evolutionarily, evolutionarily, evolutionarily at that stage where it's like, hey, mating, sex, yes, do that, relationships, and uh, I think once that happens, I don't really, for me at least, I don't really see what else is really getting a job, <laughs> like having kids, like, I guess, but like, that's probably something we haven't experienced yet. So you think if you if you were settled down with someone you like, uh, had no desire to like, thought around and had a decent job that paid you decently? You think you'd be pretty content and like what what would you look for after that i guess just like establishing your financial support for one but i mean shit other than that like i think the financial shit's implied everyone wants to be well off i think i think you know this too i think everyone they have a passion in their life that you know is that supersedes everything that other people tell them to do or everything that they learn to do and yeah. that never really disappears. So, I mean, that would probably be what the life focus becomes, where it's like, yeah. I mean, I think it's for us because we're creatives, to be honest, but it's like, okay, I have my place within this, you know, capitalistic hierarchy where I'm comfortable, but this is what I really like to do. So now I can focus on doing this and use the funds from whatever I'm doing to, you know, work on whatever crafts or works that I'm really passionate about, that's never going to disappear or that's just going to evolve into different things. So that's always going to be something that you can strive for. And I mean, for you, it's pretty obviously music where, you know, 
you're never gonna be fully satisfied with the level of musician you are. You're always going to try to be better. And that's not gonna, like even like the most famous musician, that, that sort of drive to become a better, become better at your passion never goes away. So that- And like it kind of takes solace in that, right? Because it's like, I do feel pressure to like make it or like be successful. But it's like, even when you do that, you still want it more. So you might as well enjoy what you have. Mm -hmm. There's really no reason not to enjoy what you have. Uh, I don't know, man. I do kind of fucking hate the system, but isn't it impressive that it just keeps us all managed in place? Like, yo, like, how's, like, okay, fuck the system. Fuck the system. It's so fake. And I don't completely do what I want, but I I really try to remember fuck the system. I think it's really important not to forget. But, like, isn't it just, like, crazy how, like, um, I don't know, like, it doesn't really stop. I'm not going to say it works because it doesn't, but it also doesn't stop. Yeah. I guess that's just, like, presence, though. Because, like, when you think about the system, you know, you think of government and capitalism. But, like, the government could fail. Capitalism could be uprooted. And the world still wouldn't stop turning. Yeah. I don't know. And then the system is all that was left of it. Like, it's like, if you, when you watch The Walking Dead, like, at the beginning, people are still, like, pretty nice to each other. But there's a few people who realize super early on that there are no more rules. Like, the first people to realize that, just start killing people with no consequence. Mm, I think that leads into the argument, you know, the Machiavellian argument, where it's like, where, what do people how much of people's morality and what they think is right is based off of how they actually feel naturally or what the system has told them is the right thing to do. And, you know, that's been something I've been thinking about lately where it's like, there's a lot, especially within, you know, our group of peers, you know, college educated young people. Are you mostly thinking about your own political views? Cause that's something you expressed to me earlier was that you had this test kind of tell you, but like, and I didn't mean to cut you off because I do want you to elaborate, but, like, was that, like, an instance? I want to know, like, tell me some instances in which you feel that conflict. I was, okay. So, like, especially, like, you know, within the recent years where there's just been so much fervor around, you know, inclusivity and, like, speaking up for people. And, you know, that's a great thing. That's a really good thing for a society to always be pushing to be more accepting and more inclusive. But it's, like, some of that's just like, I don't know if people are doing this because they're like, oh, I always believed this and I felt scared saying it because the system said it was bad. Or if the system's just telling them that this is what's acceptable, this is what's good to do now. And now they're like, you know, running course. Cause there's still a lot of, like, let's take black people for an, for an example, just because, you know, it's pertinent and I don't want to talk on other people. Like, Yes, there's a lot of people who will openly support us in, on social media, open, openly, you know, listen to Black artists, you know, prominent ones supported by the, the system, but Black artists. And like that, is, and then they feel like, you know, okay, this is how I'm showing my support. This is how I'm showing that I care about these people. But then like when it comes to like the insequential inconveniences where they can where they can really help someone, but it comes at a cost to them. It's always just like, you know, quiet. And it's just like, how, how are we doing this? How is it like, I'm just like, how are you able to, you know, be like, have maintain this public persona of being, you know, this sort of person who's very, you know, inclusive and, you know, always has been this way. That's a big thing with Republicans too, where it's like, they hate how like people on the left act as if they always believed all the things that they're talking about now when it's very clear that this was just create like this was a response to Trump and like that sort of movement of people saying like the power systems being more openly you know abrasive they were like it pushed the left a little more to the left but they're like in 2000 no one cared about you know making sure that there was like a black person in every show or making sure that, you know, representation wasn't really, I mean, it was a thing, but it wasn't like as high pitch as now, but then everyone, you know, on the left, is just like, Oh yeah. Like 
this is so important and you know we're canceling people who don't do things but also not really taking accountability for the fact that we didn't care like we did not there was no societal outcry for disabled rights in the 2000s there was no like we were once in that place where we were just you know fucking around and not caring about things and like I think as people who are marginalized, we're able to like engage with that and be like, yo, like shit, I didn't really know anything about trans people until like I fucking saw Laverne Cox on something like, oh, like this is like a thing. Like they, they have presence. And I'm like, I'm queer myself and I'm able to talk about that. But then white people, I think they just have too much, you know, guilt and pressure because there's just so much stuff that they were willfully ignorant to for so long that it's like they couldn't even sit I couldn't even imagine sitting here and talking about it. So they just kind of tried to pass the blame onto other people who are doing it worse than them or like following the system a little less, you know, closely than them. And that's where we get cancel culture from. And, you know, that's just a projection of their own guilt. But it's like, we're all like, I'm also just like, bro, like if you just like, if you say, hey, like, I used to do this thing, but I don't do it anymore because I realized it was wrong, we wouldn't be in this situation where you have to, you know, be so hypersensitive to all these things that obviously you wasn't going to do if someone to- it ain't told you to do it. And I'm just like, wow, like, shit. This- culture is so funny. Like, it's hilarious that that's even a thing. Mm-hmm. Except it kind of is, and it kind of isn't. I mean, like, it obviously is real because we can have an intelligible conversation about it. Like, we both know what it is. It really was, like, not real at all. There'd probably be more ambiguity there. Like, we both have a good idea of what that means. But, like, when we've talked about it before, like, no one gets fucking canceled. I mean, like... No, they don't. Some people, some people like, R. Kelly get, got canceled because he actually did some fucking, like, insanely bad shit. It's like, there are people who do bad shit and people who do insanely bad shit. And, like, people who do bad shit get passes. And that's just kind of how this shit goes. Like, niggas really don't care about the shit they say they care about. And it's that simple. Yeah, and I mean, looking at that even, if that is, okay, so, you know, privileged people really want to atone for the sins of their ancestors and the sins of the past. And they react to that by, you know, cancel culture. The fact that no one has been successfully canceled, like so few people are successfully canceled. Like someone does something, they have the blank blank is over party on Twitter. They may be, I don't know. It's kind of like the new politics, you know, in terms of polling where it's like in the past, a president would like do something risque and they would lose like five percent on the on a poll and it'll just be like okay a little bit like politics and but it's like they like okay they get like five le- they get like five thousand less streams the next day and the people who didn't care which is probably most of the people that listen to them and are like have that sort of correspondence with them just go on with their lives like even for me you know like i i, I mean still- i have too much i have too much shit going on to cancel celebrities that's yeah. honestly true. I have work every fucking day. Like, I just... Like, That's the thing. I feel like privileged people, this, this is all, they don't have anything else, you know, they don't have that sort of, like, baggage or that sort of, like, you know, they don't have anything else pulling them down. So this is actually very important to them. But they're also failing at doing it. So it's just, like, I can't, like, I can't judge you on the merits of how you're trying to you know be receptive and be you know be like welcoming and forgiving if you're failing at that even though i didn't want you to do that in the first place so it's like what am i supposed to do in the position where i i mean i'm relatively marginalized i have a lot of privilege but i'm relatively marginalized and i want to be you know i don't want to be antagonistic towards you know people with more privilege than me but they're also just like so fucked at what they tried to do like it's just like and then i just sit here silent i just have to sit here silent because it's just like there's nothing i like I mean, okay, forget all the shit they would tell you in like diversity training but like legitimately what is a care what are characteristics of like a good ally I mean, an ally who's not annoying i don't know because like so who's the white person you want to be friends with it's different it's definitely different like there's like, cause like, I feel like for me, sometimes I just want like, if there's just people who treat 
everyone blanketly the same. I think I'm kind of one of those people where it's like, I have a pretty good sense of humanity. And it's just like, I don't really look down on anyone for anything. So it's like, if someone comes around, like I try to meet people where they are, those people are naturally good allies. Or people that just like, here's the thing, like white people, I'm sorry, privileged people, white people, privileged people. They love, like they really latched on to this whole <laughs> this whole visibility thing where it's like people want to be visible and people want to be heard and it's like yes but if you're only listening to me because I fit some sort of category I don't want you to amplify my voice and it's like sometimes I just want to be treated like you know like the like fact a white man I, like you I want to be tre- you just want to be treated like a white man don't you I mean no. I mean, here's the thing. The fact that being treated like a white man can be equated with the fact I want to be treated as if the fact that I'm black isn't the most pertinent situation every time (laughs) someone talks to me is a sad reality. Because, like, you can say that and it does apply. And it really shouldn't. You should. You need to tweet something like, "Oh my God, my my this new person I'm talking to treats me like a white man. Ladies never settle." <laughs> Honestly, though, want to get treats into me it. like a white man. Ladies <laughs> never settle. If you really want to get into it, I have been talking. <laughs> I've been talking. Can to I treat you like a white man. Not. I was just. I mean, dignity and respect. Yeah, and it's like, damn, like, shit, like, you're not even black. Mm. I mean, it's because he grew up where I grew up, and, you know, we're just so, everyone's just on top of each other. There's no room to really be, like, oh, I'm better than you. But I was like, shit, like, this guy's talking to me, and he did, like, we've been talking for, like, a minute now. He didn't, he has never tried to, you know, make that conversation. It's like, oh, are you comfortable with me saying this? Because he just, like, okay, like, it's very easy to tell where a person's comfortable just based off the fact that they're people. What sorts of conversations do interracial couples have? Like, like, how's that even go? Cause I imagine like, what if you never talk about race, right? And like, you're dating this white girl and then she says nigga one day, four months in, <laughs> four months into the relationship. She just lets that one slip out. It's like, what? Yo. Yeah. Can you imagine the fuck? That would be crazy. But I don't know. You could just, I feel like people are naturally, also, I mean, people don't give themselves enough credit. People are naturally good judgments of character. And you can tell, like, I feel like you're able to tell to a point where, pe- like, if someone will work for you or if you're, like, compatible with someone without having, you know, that have these sort of, like, social characteristics that you know about them like you know it was like kind of like the whole love is blind experiment where it's like them niggas did not see a thing did not know a thing about each other that they didn't tell each other and they were still able to you know form those meaningful connections because in reality none of that shit's important except for when we're in a system where there's people who you know discriminate against other people based off identity and then there's like kind of like a trauma bond between people with their with the same identity and like in reality like there's no reason to really there's no like real inherent sort of like unsolvable qualms between any sort of social group besides the fact that some social groups have privilege and others don't like, if we didn't have privilege in this whole system, like, I don't really see, besides, like, I guess, like, you know, there's, like, actually some evolutionary differences between Black people and white people. Like, clearly, we're made to be in sunny environments because melanin. And, like, clearly, being in, in you know, being in our, just, like, existing as Black through the generations, you know, we have certain characteristics that other, you know, like, cultural characteristics that just differ between people but like that's not like something that can't be yeah, like rhythm huh i said yeah like rhythm <laughs> <laughs> i mean hey but like that's not something that can't be over overcome and it's just like i don't know but if a white girl came up to me she said nigger she said nigger or nigger Ooh, which one which one did she say 
She probably say nigga. She can't be a nigga girl and be and hold it for <laughs> well, We're not dating. She said, nigga, please. <laughs> she said that you told her a joke that you thought was funny. She said, <laughs> nigga, please. I'm pretty sure that's how that shit works where, you know, where it's like, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. I just, I didn't know. <laughs> Here's the thing. I am like, I don't know if this is just me. I just where I grew up, white people said that. <laughs> I don't know if this is just me being chaotic or if it's like, I would probably prefer it if she didn't apologize. If she was going to rock with it, she could rock with it. Oh if you're going to apologize, that's you conforming to the system. I don't really fuck with that. If you're going to say the N-word to me, you better say it with your whole chest. What if like a white person like, you know how, like, sometimes, like, Republicans will be like, well, you're just getting emotional. We can have a logical discussion. Like, what if, like, a white person legitimately... And, like, I've had this conversation with white people before, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm just not going to see through to you because you don't want to understand me. But, like, you know, when white people be like, yeah, I don't understand why we can't say it. It's just a word. And I'm like, you wouldn't understand, you know? And I guess that's fine. I don't really expect you to. It's not my job to teach you. I'm telling you how we feel. Okay, like, like largely, obviously, we all have like unique opinions, but like, it's like when general consensus is to not say that shit, you're pretending like you don't understand why. That's on you. Like, mm. ooh, I have something I want to talk about. Mm. So, I watched this video this week. I was having okay. I'm sorry. Uh, you're not listening. I was having a conversation with my friend. And not you. <laughs> I was having like this conversation with my friend, and I was honestly, I was just zooted. I was not there. But we, it was about, you know, whatever society, whatever you know. She's a so she's a social major, so it was just like generally about race and the climate of America. And then I made a boo boo, and like she called me back. She's like, "Oh my god, that conversation was so interesting." And I was just like, "Yeah, I don't really remember most of it." And then she's like, "Oh my god, are you like?" on autopilot and I was still high so I was like oh yeah like and then she's like oh okay bye but anyway the next day she sent me this video about integration and how like when we were like we came out the 1960s and you had like okay segregation separate but equal when we were like going through the civil rights movement we focused on the separate part of like let's not be separate but we never really addressed the equal part which we should have done first because like what we really ended up doing was just becoming an underclass within the system instead of actually being participants in the system. And, you know, she, it was a really long video, but, you know, of course she referenced like Tulsa where it's like whenever black people were making their own system that was successful, white people saw, you know, how that can, that like conflicted with their sort of worldview and they kind of just went in and like destroyed it and subverted those messages. And that's kind of what led to, you know, the assassination of MLK and, and Malcolm X was like, MLK was just starting, MLK's sort of what plan was like, okay, we're going to integrate and then we can start to focus on, you know, building up Black people. And he got up to the integration part and that's when he started to focus on, you know, accumulating Black power within the system and that's apparently, you know, when people are like, hey, 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 we got to kill this nigga. But, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. And I'm just like, honestly, but then what she was like, you know, what the end goal was, was that like she was just saying like, you know, we we're so convinced that, you know, integration is the right way that we just need to find our place in these societal systems. But that's not what we should be doing. And that's not ever going to lead to our true liberation. And honestly, it kind of I mean, I feel like I've been having tangential conversations about this, but it kind of hit a note where it's like there is no. Capitalism will not survive without an underclass. And whether it's us or someone else, I mean, I doubt it's ever not going to be us within this American system. But it's like, we're never going to reach, we're never going to be seen as equals to white people because any increase in our power would mean an increase in their power unless the system's overturned. Because that's just how capitalism's set up. There's no like, hey, all these people, all these people who know traditionally get money are going to get money and they're going to get, resource they're going to get excess resources while everyone else is going to stay the same like that's not and that's kind of what reparations get at and you know you see how much traction that gets and like we're never we really shouldn't be looking for integration 
but also like we've just been so subjected to you know generational trauma and like lack of resources that we also can't create our own separate system within this like geographic positioning of america so it's like we're just kind of fucked (laughs) regardless because of those decisions that were made you know none of these movements really capture that sort of like the true sentiment of like hey let's actually make black people equals because you know that's not really what capital capitalism yeah, is. That's the last thing they want to do. Huh? I say I didn't do anything about that. <laughs> mm. And you know, all these other people who are also marginalized, you know, then it becomes like a system where it's like, oh, why not us? Didn't we? And then, you know, we can't, we can sit around, we can tilt the car to like, yeah, we've been here since fucking the 1600s being enslaved. And it's like, hey, you've been, you immigrated here in the 1900s and I know you had a hard time as well, but like we've been here for a minute, but like, is that what we're going to weigh the system as? Cause then why aren't native Americans before us? Why aren't like, it's just like, are we doing this chronologically or can we just like be like, Hey, this whole system's fuck, let's change it for everyone. But then that's also a paradigm where black people feel the need to incorporate other people into whatever they're doing because they know what it's like to be unincluded but also there's like an innate black experience that definitely needs to be, you know, retributed for. But I don't know. We just, we just took it super, super profound. Like it's like, I can't think about shit that I can't solve for too long or else (laughs) I just get sad. But yeah, I mean, I guess just to bring it back down to earth, in terms of where I fall, I'm kind of just like, hey, I mean, I have this idea that somehow in Canada, things will be, things would be on like an absolute scale better, but like relatively, I would be in the same position, but the whole system's just that much more better that that same position's just like more, you know, my thing, but also just like, why am I like, there has to be outlets where there's like, you're allowed to still like be yourself and be a person. And, you know, of course you're going to be affected by these systems and passing, but also not have it be such an integral part of your identity and how you have to interact with the world. And I don't really know. Cause like recently there's definitely a, there's definitely been like a call to like inclusivity and, you know, there's definitely like, institutions have been a lot more inclusive and have been a lot more open to our voices, but it's only in that sort of like organizational type of role where it's like, Oh, this is what we do now. I don't really like, we don't really have that sort of like, Oh, I really want to do this because it's the right thing to do. It's kind of like, Hey, this is where, I don't know, socio economic trends are pointing that we need to do this so we can, you know, get more, power within the system or more like you know prestige or reputation and it's like yeah like we better not get canceled type thing yeah and you know all these companies are doing it and you know they're seeing the benefits you know they're exploiting our labor but it's also we kind of look at it you know in general as like oh well i'm okay like especially like being here at cornell you know we, we know niggas that have interned for Google. We know niggas that interned for Amazon, for Facebook. And it's like, they're going to probably make a whole bunch of money once they leave school. And they, they ain't going to think about nothing. They ain't going to, like, they're going to be so removed from this experience of like, hey, this is what the average Black person goes through who hasn't been able to get through the structural barriers that you, we were able no, no. to get through. Wait, 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 pause. In case, in case anyone hears this, shout out to my nigga Jerron, fucking Google intern who gonna actually change the world. Yes, color stack. Not yes, they not 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 all Google interns. I'm saying. I don't know. I do. I def. I no. I definitely pick up what you're saying, though. You're not wrong at all. A lot of these niggas are just gonna get their check and not look back, and that's not even just for them, bro. You see rappers do that same shit. I know. You know. And it's like that's all, but like at the same time, like that's like that's like a life plan, you know, to be like, especially in terms of like being a rapper or a musician. Like, of course, like it's just like so. 
systematic where you like you're very beholden to your label for the first couple years and then if you like if you get traction if you get picked up you're just allowed to be yourself you're allowed to have freedom of creative freedom to do what you want and have your just like be loose in terms of like PR or like your presentation and that's kind of that's a way of existing that you know seems to have a lot of promise and seems to be you know very like very equitable and very nice for the people that are living it. But then of course they give up, you know, privacy, whatever, you know, but, and then you have people that go to Google and then everyone's like, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna make a whole bunch of money and then I'm going to do what I really want to do. And then it's just like, why is it that like people don't seem to not understand that? Like once you go, like once you go through the system, you're not gonna, it's going to change the way you think to a point where you're not going to have these thoughts of like, Oh, well, I could go back to like just my general experience before, especially like people that we know, you know, colored, colored, my God, people of color mm. that are going to hear, you know, from lovely areas. <laughs> like all these like people from low income areas that are like, you know, going into these really high paying fields, you know, they're going to, of course, I mean, I would hope that, you know, they're going to look out for their family, maybe like people that are really close for them, but they're probably not like, large majority of them are probably not going to go back and be like really ground themselves in like the black experience because you know they kind of succeeded in this whole what society wants out of black people type of type of lottery i guess and you know i was listening to benny the butcher he said that I was in his freestyle today mm-hmm. over like jay-z dead presidents and he said um he says he basically said that he was like y'all niggas want me to talk on social justice shit he's like i'm not just gonna say what you want to hear he's like He's like, I know niggas who will give money to a homeless person just like so could take a picture of it, and they got family members starving. He's like, I'm gonna put on for my family members. Y'all be safe. Mm. You know, I kind of get it. I mean, it the logic you can't totally deny that, but mm. it's just weird. I mean, being at the bottom of the top of the totem pole, it's like we kind of have that decision to make where it's like we can either try to you know excel at or try to get as far as we can within this whole system or we can you know really devote ourselves to just like helping others and being altruistic but then also exist at like we will be the upper echelon of that sort of segment of society where it'll be like okay we have resources we have these things but we're so focused on you know spreading it to people who have less than us and that's a life path and like i guess it's a noble life path but not a lot of us seem to be making it and mm-hmm. especially like i mean less i mean less because we're at cornell because it's like of course some white people saw a promise in each and every one of us somehow somewhere <laughs> but <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's it's definitely a decision that has been on my mind where it's like, why am I like, I've definitely moved away from this whole, I used to be so focused on like getting my big mansion and like having my nice paying job. And now I'm just like, I'm at the point where I'm like, Hey, like, this is what I'm really interested in. I kind as long as I'm living comfortably, I don't really care. But also like, as much as I don't want to say that that's also being, you know, part of the system. Like, being in the middle doesn't mean that I'm any less culpable than someone that has reached that upper echelon. And yeah, I guess, like, as long as you're implicit, is there really a difference? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But also, there's just so much. I don't know if it's just, like, the system instilling fear and not following the system, or if, like, people who don't follow the system are actually just, like, struggling day to day to survive because i definitely i feel like with us especially you know being so we're like relatively strongly tied to like the local scene there's definitely people who don't have a lot in terms of like money or resources that seem to be living fine you know enjoying their lives existing on like the fringes of this whole sort of capitalistic system like especially like within the art scene and you know music scene and that's like why like there's just so much you know pressure to not lead that life because you know it's like not stable and you can end up you know homeless and not you know hungry or whatever but like 
I know so many people who are just like starving artists, starving, like even the fact we call them starving artists when like, they're chilling. Yeah, they live with six or seven people, but they have a community. They feel at home. They yeah. are being genuine to who they are. They're not following what someone else told them to be. And honestly, they might be, they might have the secret. They might be living life the right way. Cause I feel like the more and more we get integrated into the system, the more and more we're going to get, you know, we're going to have these feelings of like, damn, I have to make this sacrifice or damn, I have to choose this over that. And these are not, these are not decisions that we really have to make, but we like put yourself in positions where you feel like you have to make them. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Ugh. But yeah, that was my take on that video. My extended take on that video. And it's just crazy because, like, bro, can you imagine like a post-capitalism America where, like, like what if there was some like? I mean, it would really have to be something apocalyptic for this to literally occur. Yeah. Like, it would have to be like the fallout after a nuclear holocaust, in which case we're all fucked because of radiation. But like. You know, like, for capitalism to really be upturned and for, like, everything we've done up net until now to be sort of meaningless. Like, say that happened, right? And the U.S. dollar is worth shit. And stocks aren't real anymore, just like they aren't currently. <laughs> but, like, it, like, someone, like, imagine, like, all these people who have been making these hard decisions to be a part of this, like kind of stressful i guess corporate life and now they're just looking these artists in the face and both of them have the same net worth because that's done there is no more net worth and it's all that is left is how you spent your time mm. i don't know because it's just like huh. like some of the seeds of capitalism are kind of just like almost like evolutionary at this point where it's like okay like we were hunter gatherers at one point and then people started to know started to learn how to do shit with silver and then it's like oh of course we had to have there has to be some sort of different differentiation between those two people but then it's like does there really have to be a differentiation differentiation between those two people like i get it it was hard like the same example we get in social studies. You know, it was hard to cut that pig in half when you really wanted a shirt and a shirt cost half a pig. So then we had to create money. But it's like, are we sure there wasn't other ways to divide this shit up? Or just like, you know, I think hmm. that's what like communal-based systems get at where it's like, oh, okay, you just use what you need that you don't really, you just put in what you have and use what you need. And those shit seem to work. But that's kind of the conversation I was having with, um, Oh my god, that was the conversation. Ooh. Uh, that was a conversation I was having with um my friend. I was just talking about where I was like, okay, we handle all of these. I was saying how like once we handle all these inequities of today, like even like the like the fringe ones, like you know, completely eradicate bias against people with disabilities, completely eradicate bias against people of different races, sexual orientations, whatever, and it's like we're not, it's not like we're going to live in a perfect society. We're just going to come up with new problems of the day. Cause like white people are kind of already there where they find real issue and shit that just doesn't matter to us. But once we get incorporated into the system and to that point, that shit's going to matter where it's like, Oh my God, people who wear blue dresses, and black dresses, that that's going to be a societal schism where it's like, Oh, you like, you like your eggs sunny side up and I like them scrambled and people who like scrambled eggs are going to feel discriminated against because, you know, perfect sandwiches it's are always funny. egg patties. It's just funny because racism is literally that stupid. Yeah. That, that's exactly how dumb racism is. And like, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, we're just going to, yeah, it, we're just like, what's, so when I was like asking her, like, when are you, I asked her directly because she's very much, you know, in tune with just like the ways of thinking of today and really truly believes it. I was like, when are you going to feel comfortable? When are you going to feel comfortable in, with society to the point where you're just not going to, you're just not going to want anything else. You're just going to be comfortable. You're not going to fight for anything past that point. So I want to ask you, what, what 
are some characteristics of society where you think you're going to be able to exist comfortably? I mean, okay, first of all, it's a really hard question to answer because, like, there's so much that it's, like, it's, like, purely hypothetical, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and when something is that hypothetical, it's hard to answer realistically because I can't even envision what that would be like. But, like, I guess I'm sort of thinking of concessions I would be willing to make because I honestly don't think we'll get on the same page. Not everyone. So, like, what sorts of things are, like, swords I'm not going to die on? I don't know. Like, like digital blackface. Like, I, I, I guess white people can use gifts of black people in replies. I'd really prefer if you didn't, but it's fine. <laughs> like okay, yeah, there's one you could have that one I know that's probably not what you were getting at but I think that's, yeah. that, that's the best I can do but that's what I'm saying where it's like we're never like this whole thing like we're just such a small part of this sort of like you know this sort of development in human existence that it's like we can't even fathom a society where we would be okay. So like all the qualms of today are just like, what's the, like, I'm saying, I'm like, what are we like? What, what yeah, are we- they're not really our problems because we don't live in the big picture. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like you're saying that like in a couple hundred years, racism might not be a problem. I mean, it might, you know, not. who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe 300 years from now. I doubt it because 300 years ago, racism was a problem. I also doubt it because then we're going to have them robot niggas come up and be like, we have rights. <laughs> like, uh, I didn't robot racism. Bro, turn them bitches off. Oh my so, God. You see, like, it's that natural because it's like so new to us. And this is how white people were living in the 1600s. We're like, black people, <laughs> right? What the fuck? <laughs> Bye. Niggas. And now it's like, oh, and now it's just so, such like a current conversation. Yeah, but that's our fault for making AI. That is I true. don't think, I think AI needs to be illegal. Illegal? I mean. I just, look, I, I, I don't, don't know. Really I, I, don't really I take that back. Hey, technique is I didn't mean it. <laughs> I mean, the thing, that's the thing about technology, you know. Honestly, granted, we had a lot of societal problems, but I feel like humans, we were developing at a, a steady pace and then niggas started learning about computers and now like we like double our frame of knowledge every like two years and now it's like this isn't sustainable for us to keep these systems that we had for so long while we're also growing and just learning yeah. more things so quickly but also like a, we could, it's so hard to create a system that's responsive to the growth rate so it's like we're kind of in a quandary where we're like yeah we're like Japan and you know, all these people are making all these, like, really, like, savvy technological advances, but they're not reaching anyone who doesn't already have power. And it's like, yeah. we know trickle-down and not economics doesn't work, so why are we so... Why do we act like trickle-down technology also works? Because, like, there are still niggas fully living in America that have flip phones. Yeah. Or, like, who don't have internet, and we're... And, like, literally... How many generations of we're at like the fifth generation of fucking LTE right now? And it's like, bro, how are we? Because like, even like people on the left are kind of complacent in it. Like, we're able to have this conversation right now through a fucking computer, and it's like, there are niggas that literally they see people, they have to see people to talk to them or write letters. And it's like, how are we so complacent in the fact that we have this kind of bifurcated society? yet we're so focused on equality and equity and it's just like i think that we have to focus on making like there has to be like a common some sort of like base level of standard of living before we even try to answer some of these questions but even in doing that base level of of living it's like people think that we don't need to have that and like people in power think that that's not necessary so it's like these conversations are are going to be consistently stalled in this area of like, well, we're having conversations, but things aren't changing. And until we deal with like the root level of just like sheer inequality in the information age, 
we're never going to be able to have quantitative or like quali- qualitative like discussions about you know equality or like equity more so wow well, 